not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on TogiNet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? How's everybody out there and, uh, in what, internet land? <laughs> I hope and pray that you all are well. I am well. This is a day that God has made. I am rejoicing, and I am glad in it. I've learned that regardless to what's going on, I still can and should praise God and give him uh, thanks that uh, for each day, for each day, because uh, his plans are just bigger than ours, and in spite of what we think or experience or see, um, it's my way of, of remaining humble and um, humble and acknowledging that um, God is in control regardless, <laughs> regardless to what it looks like. <laughs> so um, I am back with you. Um, Chris is um, behind the scenes with me. Um, he's, he's keeping me strong as usual. Um, I give him a minute to say, Hey, uh, say hi to y'all and see if that's all he wants to do or not. But I gotta, I gotta acknowledge my honey. So honey, you there? Hello, I am here. All right. How's it going with you? I'm doing well. Hardworking man. Um, I'm glad to be um, a part, even though it's most times a backdoor role that I play, but I'm glad to be a part in interceding and helping to do the Lord's work. Um, I'm here, I'm listening in, and I want to tell everybody to um, lock in, because the Lord has a word for you. Amen. He has a word, and, and we'll... If we grasp onto his word, he will pull us through any situation that we have. So lock in. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, you're always welcome to join in. Um, if you have thoughts or the Lord impresses something upon your heart that you want to expound on what I've said, please do. Um, Chris and I, um, we took some time off um, to grieve uh, and to allow me to attend my great auntie's memorial service. I, I posted about that um, a few weeks ago. Uh, she went to glory. I'm not going to say she passed away, although she did pass away, but she went to glory on March 23rd. And um, 
as with most losses, it was a mixed bag for me. I was truly thankful um, that she loved the Lord and that um, her life, uh, her life, her testimony supported that. Um, how she lived was uh, truly an impact on me as well as many others. So I was truly thankful for that. But of course, when you, um, and thankful to, to, to know and believe that she was with the Lord, that she's in a much, much, much better place. <laughs> um, but when you lose somebody you love too, you also kind of, you know, feel sad that they're not going to be with you anymore. But this was something that we were um, expecting. And so um, we just took the time to do that. Um, I firmly believe and know that um, to every time there is a season and a purpose under the sun. So everything uh, that we walk through, that we live through, uh, there's a purpose for it. Um, I know that my aunt's passing, passing marked the end of an era in our family. I felt very strongly. I felt that very strongly when I was thinking about her and reflecting on her, that this marked a significant change in in my family. So, you know, each of us have a purpose for our being. And um, we're here for a season. And we need to make the, the, the most of those seasons. We need to make the most of those seasons. Even within our life, we have seasons. You know, our life is a season, but even within our lives, we have seasons that we go through. And Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible tells it very uh, well when it says that, you know, that there's a time to laugh and that there's a time to cry and that there's a time to rejoice and a time to weep. And there's a time for peace and there's a time for war and there's a time for planting and plucking up. So... It, it, it states it very, very well and lets us know, you know, that even in our individual life, which is a season, there will be many seasons, okay? So um, to every time there is a season and a purpose under the sun, uh, we all go through seasons in life, kingdoms also have seasons according to God's plan for mankind. God establishes kingdoms according to his plan and they have seasons. They have a purpose, a reason for them coming into existence. Um, kingdoms can include um, an institution of some sort, an institution be considered a kingdom. It could be a small kingdom or it can be a large kingdom, but an, an institution like a university or um, uh, a medical institution or, you know, uh, anything along that line, it could be considered a kingdom. Businesses, companies, they can be considered kingdoms. You know, kingdoms come in all sorts of, uh, sizes and shapes, okay? Governments, you know, democracies uh, versus uh, dictatorships versus uh, um, what other kind of governments are there? Socialist, um, uh, where you 
have, you know, like we have in the U.S. where you have a Senate and where you have a House and where you have, you know, the chief of um, the chief of uh, the president in chief, which is, you know, the highest office in the land um, and even and even a nation. The U.S. itself is a nation. Africa is a nation. Um, Canada is a nation, you know. Um, so even nations can be classified as kingdoms. And um, I'm going somewhere with all this. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with all this. So just stick with me, okay? Stick with me. Because I just, I'm going to emphasize, re-emphasize the fact that nations, you, me, individuals, um, situations, we all have a season. There's a, there's a purpose for all of those things, okay? They are all raised up and permitted by God for a purpose. Let me say that again. They are all raised up and permitted for a purpose by God. Um, you were born for a purpose. I was born for a purpose. And I have a season and you have a season. Okay? The United States, um, Israel, um, Germany, England, I mean, every nation has been raised up and permitted by God for a purpose. This leads me to tonight's topic, weighed in the balance and found wanting. I'm taking this from a Bible story um, in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 5, 1 through 31, weighed in the balance and found wanting. After I finished the last live show that I recorded, that was back in March on the 11th. Um, that show was called Finding Justice in an Unjust World. I talked about um, some, some things that I was walking through that I, uh, I was dealing with, an assignment that the Lord had given me um, concerning my own family and uh, um, a case that I've been heavily involved in um, regarding uh, mineral interest and and my grandfather and an inheritance and so forth and so on. But when I was finishing up and wrapping up that show and I was doing my usual tweeting and Facebooking and whatnot, um, the Lord spoke to my spirit and he said, speak on this being weighed in the balance and found wanting on the next show, okay? So that's why I came up with that topic, and that's what we're gonna get into tonight. 
the break is coming. So I'm going to leave you hanging right there and um, pick it up after the break. Wait in the balance and count one. tragic past shattered your future or your now don't let it this is i'm not the woman i used to be i'm free with minister diane jones and we'll be right back after these equipping the saints ministries our mission is to equip and mature the people god calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. We are home based in Waldorf, Maryland. If you would like more information, you may email us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com or write to us at ETS Post Office Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland 20602. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls and we can make information available to you by email. E-T-S The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, physical abuse, abandonment, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived traumas such as molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, amazon.com, or any of the major bookstores. The Story of Me. I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. All right, so I just set you up and prepared you for tonight's topic. Um, weighed in the balance and found wanting. What does that mean? Um, where does it come from? As I said, it comes from a story in the book of Daniel about uh, a situation that the prophet Daniel was involved in. And um, before I get into the story, I do want to say that um, none of us want to be weighed in the balance and found wanting. 
being weighed in the balance means that your life, my life, even a company or a corporation or a nation purpose has been um, measured. It means that everything that you encompass, everything that entails you or that you entail or that company or that nation has been put on a scale. This is what God does. He puts it on a scale, whether it's a literal scale or whether it's a spiritual thing or not. I, I can't say exactly, but he, he basically measures and weighs the fullness of that person's actions, what they have done with their actions, the cause and effect of their actions, you know, what they're all about. He puts it on a scale and he measures it and he weighs it to see where you land, where, how much, you know, it compared to his standards, compared to his righteousness, compared to his plan and purpose for your existence. Do you measure up? Do you balance out? Does it, does it balance out or do you come up short? Do you come up, you know, at the bottom of the, you know, where the scale just tips all the way to the, to the opposite end and, and hits the ground or hits the table, you know, or do you measure up? Okay. So at the end of our lives, you know, at the end of our lives, our purpose will be judged. The effect, the cause and effect of our lives will be judged. At the end of a nation's life, the same thing will happen. I think I talked in the last show about how history proves that the average nation only lasts for about 200 years. Nations rise and they fall because of their, how do I say, because of their, their essence, okay? Are they consumed by wickedness and unrighteousness, and then therefore they succumb to a greater power, someone else takes over them, um, or they're destroyed, wiped off the face of the earth, or have they completed their purpose? Have they completed what God allowed them to even come into existence and formation for. So these are things that the average Christian doesn't even consider. You know, we don't, we don't see the whole picture. We don't look at the picture from a universal perspective or for, from the alpha and the omega perspective from the beginning to the end and what God is doing in all of this. What purpose did he allow a nation to be born, whether it was a righteous nation or an unjust nation? Just like people, they all have purpose. They all have purpose. And if you study your scripture, you'll see in scripture how God would raise up certain armies. He would raise up evil armies even. He would decree it and declare that he was going to raise those armies up so that they could chastise another nation 
so that they could humble another nation. It happened to Israel over and over, okay? So in this story that the Lord brought to my mind, I heard those words. Today, I decided I better review the story, you know, to get a full picture of what it is the Lord is talking about. And when you go to the, to the story, you find a very wicked king by the name of uh, Belshazzar. They, they, got some, they got some interesting names, Belshazzar. Okay, he was the son or the grandson. He was the descendant of Nebuchadnezzar, another king that God had actually raised up. It was foretold to him. It was prophesied to him that God would raise him up so that he could do all the things that he did so that he could rule and be used of God to accomplish certain things. Um, I find that, let's see, in verse 18, it says five and 18. O thou king, the most high God, I'm sorry, O thou king, comma, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, a kingdom. Right there, it says God gave Nebuchadnezzar, a, a kingdom, and majesty, and glory, and honor. Okay? It goes on in verse 19 to say, And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he slew, he killed. And whom he would, he kept alive. So he was, um, he was a serious threat. He was a serious force to be reckoned with. When his armies came <laughs> through, people feared and trembled. Okay. And, and whom he would, he set up. And whom he would, he put down. This was Belshazzar's uh, uh, grandfather or possibly father. They, they weren't 100% clear on that, okay? Well, Nebuchadnezzar forgot after a time of ruling and reigning and being, you know, elevated to this position, he forgot that God was the one who put him in power, that God is the one who you know, gave him that position for God's purposes, not his own, but for God's purposes. He became lifted up in pride. He forgot that God was the one who granted his rule. He's the one who even allowed him to become king. <laughs> he began to brag on himself and talk about what he had done and and he began to dishonor God in doing so. Now, he wasn't a righteous man. He wasn't a righteous man from the get-go. But isn't it interesting that even in his unrighteousness, God was not pleased when he began to brag on himself, when he began to you know, get lifted up in pride. 
God was offended by that, even in his unrighteousness. Okay. So before I tell you what happened to him, let me go back to the grandson. This wicked grandson, Belshazzar, knew about his grandfather's history. Okay. He knew the experiences that his grandfather had concerning God and his kingdom. But he, instead of learning from his grandfather's mistakes, instead of saying, you know what, I've been, I've been blessed to be king by this God. I don't even really necessarily serve this God or believe in this God, but I know what happened to my grandfather. So I'm not going to make the same mistake that my grandfather made. Instead, what he did, he also defied God. He also blasphemed God. And I'll tell you how. Let me back up a little bit and say what the father did, the grandfather did. Okay. And just so you have some better context. When the grandfather got lifted up in pride, then... God humbled him. <laughs> God humbled him. And he allowed the grandfather to go crazy. He had what some people might call a nervous breakdown. <laughs> okay. He ended up losing his mind. He ended up out in the fields, homeless. He ended up with, you know, nails like a beast his nails had grown long and just he became like a wild beast and like he was living like the wild animals he, he was sleeping out the bible says the dew covered his body so he was living out in the elements he became homeless and crazy that's how god dealt with his pride and his arrogance and he left him in that condition until he came back to himself and recognized his error and acknowledged God again. Okay. So the grandson was aware of what had happened to his grandfather. He knew of the story and he knew of the history. But instead of humbling himself before God and realizing that God put him in that position for a reason, he also also defied God. And I'll tell you how after the break. It ain't free. <laughs> Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. <laughs> a black nurse. This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes, dreams, needs, 
a purpose and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from authorhouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like Amazon.com. A black nurse. <laughs> Thank God. Ah. the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people, I am on the air and I am talking to you about being weighed in the balance and found wanting. I'm talking to you from the book of Daniel and Bible. And uh, believe it or not, I'm going to leave you with hope before this is all over, because that's what we do. Sometimes um, hope comes way of strong truth. <laughs> Hearing the strong adulterated truth. Okay. So I hope I'm I got a message that I'm got Okay, yes, I, I got a message that I was breaking up. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Um, had had a little more problem there, but I'm here and I'm telling you that I'm going to leave you with some hope by the end of this message and that sometimes hope comes by way of the unadulterated truth. And strong truth, strong words, okay? So before I tell you what Belshazzar did to defy God, let me help you think of this the way I'm feeling it. Think about how many people in your life has God uh, maybe given you as an example? You know, uh, maybe you had a, a mother, or maybe you had a grandmother, or maybe you didn't have either one of those, but maybe you had someone in your community that that modeled righteousness, that was a quote-unquote righteous person or a good person. 
um, maybe even your parents tried to instruct you in the right way and you rebelled against that and you decided that you didn't want nothing to do with it. Well, that can be a dangerous thing because you had the example of someone before him, whether it was his grandfather or whether it was his actual father or a few, few generations down, he had the example, okay? But he ignored that example and, and thought he was like bigger than or above that example. How many businesses, or if you've been a history buff, how many businesses or nations have you heard of that have, you know, been uh, toppled? You know, the Roman Empire always comes to my mind, okay? Uh, because they got lifted up in pride. They didn't, didn't retain God. God or acknowledge that God allowed them to come into existence or into power and do what they did, conquering, ruling, reigning, or whatever, and then they, they were destroyed because of their own sin and their own wickedness. So as I'm teaching about this, I want you to examine yourself and say, have I been that rebellious one? Um, how many, how, many, how many companies do we know that have risen to, to power, become notar, notar, notable, you know, have lots of assets, billions of assets, and, you know, they just seem to be thriving for a period of time, and then now they don't exist no more. Or if they do, they're struggling. Everything has a season. And their downfall marks the end of an era. Okay. All right. So let me go back to Belchazar. This is what he did. Now, after knowing what God did to his, his grandfather and God restoring him, letting his, you know, bringing him back to his sound mind and his grandfather even acknowledging God, that God was the one who punished him, that God was the one who chastised him and God was the one that restored him. This is what Belchazar does. He decides he's going to have like the party of all parties. Okay. I'm sure that this was not his only um, act of rebellion, but he decides he's going to have the party of all parties. <laughs> okay. And it says here in verse five, and one, let's see. Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousands. While he tasted the wine, commanded he, he commanded the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines might drink therein, okay? It's a serious, it's a serious sin. It's a serious crime to take the thing of God, the thing that God holds precious, the thing that God holds dear, and to deface them and to use them for one's own selfish reasons, okay? In this case, he took 
the the vessels, the cups, the you know the cups and the and the plates and things that were probably supposed to be used for the showbread and used them to party. Okay, not only did they party, but they then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines, drank in them. They drank wine, listened to each of these things, and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. On that day, they had actual idols. They had actual false gods that had been carved out of these things the gods of gold and silver and brass and iron. But in this day, you can equate materialism to the same thing. Okay? Worshiping materialism, the things of this world, the things that money can buy, you can equate it to the same thing. It That is the same as idol worship. Okay? In the same hour, here's where it gets interesting. <laughs> In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. So let me just picture this for you. They're in the midst of a party. They're having, they're drinking, they're getting toe up, as some would say. They're turning up, as some would say, okay? They got their wives and their concubines, so they got an orgy going on, okay? They're using the things of God to defile themselves. You know, they don't know and their ignorance that that's what they're doing, but that's what they're doing. They're using the things that God intended to glorify him for their own selfish, lustful behaviors. And in the midst of the party, well, everybody's going, hey, ho, hey, ho, you know, and doing whatever they felt like doing. The hand of God comes into the room and supernaturally writes something on the wall. I'm stuttering because that's probably what they were doing. What's up with that? They just see this hand come into the room and begin to write on the wall. And God was so smooth, he didn't even write it in a language that they could understand. But he wrote something on the wall. I want to let you know he got their attention. Okay? Have you heard of the saying, the writing is on the wall? People have put it in songs. People use it as a, a, a metaphor. But you probably didn't know that that came from this story. I looked it up today when I was doing my research, it came, its origin was from this story. God put the writing on the wall and in that writing, he was giving them warning 
that they couldn't even understand in their own intellect. They couldn't read it in their own intellect. So it says the queen comes into the room. I guess the, you know everybody's talking about it. Everybody's afraid. Um, he starts the, the the king Belchazar starts calling for all of the priests and the Chaldeans, as they were known, which is the same thing as soothsayers, and these were the ones who really, really studied the art of soothsaying and fortune telling and um, divination and, um, and all of this kind of stuff. These were supposed to be like the elite of the elite, the highest class of false prophets and priests and whatnot. He called for them in the middle of the party. He's like, hold up. I need somebody to come and tell me what is the meaning of these words because I'm messed up. This, this, then, this, then messed me up. I'm sure he lost his eye. <laughs> and at that moment, and this is how God does, at that moment, the word had gotten back to the queen. The queen comes in and she says, you know what? Your grandfather or father, whichever he was, um, he had a man who served under him. Now, this man was This man served under him as a Babylonian captive. He was, he was held captive. He wasn't there of his own free will. But he served under Nebuchadnezzar. That was who God had used to tell Nebuchadnezzar of his own future and how he was going to be raised up and used and blah, blah, blah. So she said, we need to get Daniel so he can come and interpret this for you. Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day. Not just by rape, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed from abusing others? Find answers to these and other questions in the pages of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Available online at authorhouse.com. This show's host page, amazon.com and any major bookstore overcoming sexual abuse. This is the Tokenet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. 
Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep at the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Doginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Doginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. people we're we're at the last segment of the hour so let me try to wrap this up for you um god just showed up in the midst of the party (laughs) he showed up in the midst of their drunkenness in the midst of their orgy in the midst of their pride just like he did back in the days of moses when moses had went up to the mountain to receive the commandments and he heard the revelry, and he heard the the riotousness and the the partying, basically, and the rebellion. He sensed it in his spirit, and he came down and he saw that that's what the people were doing. Well, this is what these people were doing. And in the midst of that, God showed up. He wrote something on the wall. They had to call for the man of God to even understand it. Okay, the things of God are often foreign to the to the sinner. You know, even if he puts it in their face, they still don't get it most of the time. Okay, so they had to call for Daniel to come and interpret what God had put on the wall. And this is what Daniel said. It, the writing said, Mini, mini, tekel, upharsin. Mini, mini, tekel, upharsin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct, but this is what it said. And it said, mini, meaning God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. 
and many was said twice. So God emphasized he has numbered their kingdom and finished it. Remember I was talking about those seasons in the beginning of the show, that everybody has a season, you have a season, I have a season, a nation has a season. He said it's been numbered and finished. In other words, it's ended. It's ended in God's, um, according to God. Tekel, T-E-K-E-L, thou art weighed in the balance and art found wanting. He's saying, I have examined your activities. I have examined your purpose and for what I have raised you up for and how you've measured up to that in according to my standards, according to my plan, and you have been found lacking. You have come up short. Okay? And so then he goes on to say that judgment, peris, P-E-R-E-S, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. See, the hope is this. This is our hope, that God does exact accounts, that when sin is rampant and raging, even in our own individual lives, God will speak to us, he will do what he has to do to get our attention. He will give us opportunity, time, and space to repent. Okay? He does the same thing with a nation, a group of people, um, an entity. Uh, what are some of the, the, the institutions, businesses, governments, nations? He does the same thing. may seem to us like they're getting away because we don't see it happen in our lifetime. You know, 200 years would be beyond my or your lifetime, okay? But God always exacts accounts, okay? I said when I first started that this was a continuation from the last live show that I recorded, and in that show I was talking about finding justice in an unjust world. You know, many times we see things that are unjust. We experience things that are unjust. It seems as though the wicked just flourish, that they just, you know, get away with murder and, you know, deceit and, and crookedness, and they just thrive, in my case, I was very frustrated. Um, even after doing that show, I went to court. I talked about the fact that I was going to have to go back to court in another uh, region, and that was in Texas. And um, I was just, uh, you know, going in obedience, going in obedience to God's direction and, my, and the assignment that he's given me. And even after going there, um, that case was also dismissed. It was dismissed, not based on the merits of the case, but because of uh, my lack of knowledge about certain procedures and filing it in the wrong court. 
okay, and missing my deadline, things of that nature. So I tie this together with that because the Lord reminded me today, yes, I still want you to talk about the case, and I want you to encourage those that may be doing something for the Lord, somebody who is walking through something else, who you have been put in what seems like an impossible situation, if you are on an assignment from God, if you are facing great opposition, if you are discouraged because it seems like what you're doing is not working, it seems like you're not prevailing, seems like all is lost, just know that this is for you too. This is for me, but this is for you too. This is for anyone who is on the battlefield for the Lord. Okay, know that God will interrupt Satan's party. Hey, (laughs) he will step into the situation when the time is fulfilled, when the purpose of that institution, situation has been complete, is fulfilled. He will step into that situation. He will weigh them. He will weigh their actions, your actions, the whole situation. And he will determine where they stand, where you stand, where it all lines up and how it all lines up. He will declare his judgment concerning the situation. Was it right? Was it just? Or was it unjust? Was it ungodly? God cannot stand. He hates it when the poor and when the oppressed are, you know, misused. That's why he commanded that uh, Christians are to take care of widows and orphans, because he cares about the underprivileged. He cares about the poor. He cares about the needy. Okay, and he will exact those accounts. In Daniel's case, he came in and he interpreted those words. He told them what the words meant. And in that same hour, the Bible says, in that same hour, the very hour that he was speaking to that king, um, the words of God came to pass. Now, in that same hour also, the king still, I guess, thought that he had it going on, and he thought that he had the, um, the, the clout to, to recognize Daniel for his, his accuracy. He, he gave him a scarlet robe. He gave him a gold chain. He promoted him to be the third person in the kingdom, not knowing that within minutes from that time, his own life was going to be cut off. He was murdered, and his kingdom was divided, taken from him, and given to another. (laughs) So therein lies our hope. Therein lies our hope. I'm still believing God for my situation. I want you to believe God for whatever situation that you are in. 
anyone that is doing evil, anyone that is uh, flourishing and prospering in in sin, they will be cut off. God will exact those accounts on his behalf. It's not just your behalf. You're a vessel that he's using, but he has a master plan that he's put you in, that he's included you in. He has a purpose for what he's called you to do, and he will exact those accounts. I think that's something to celebrate. (laughs) I'm running out of time. I don't know if the hubby, um, wow, we only have 30 seconds. So, (laughs) hubby, do you have anything you want to say? You can wave at me or if not. I'm good. Go with God. Go with God. (laughs) All right. I was hoping he would um, help me wrap this up, but um, I think I said what I needed to say tonight. Don't find yourself waiting the balance and wanting. Till next time.